You're listening to The Writer's Workshop, a weekly podcast about writing, publishing, and the art of storytelling. I'm Nikki Aubrichet, book editor, writer, and cultural anthropologist. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Writer's Workshop. If you're listening in real time, like as these are uploading, um, or maybe you're going back and like, wow, there's quite a gap between a couple of these episodes, um, that would be because life got super busy um, and super fun and like all for good reasons. Uh, Business is taking off. People are writing books. We are definitely on the verge of a new sort of renaissance. And I'll talk about more of that in a different podcast episode. One of the big exciting things was completing the Mind to Manuscript Boot Camp. If you missed this, it's no problem. All the things that we talked about, everything that was covered is still available and will forever be available in the Mind to Manuscript membership. It's a hybrid of the course itself, but also just continual resources and continual access to me as your guiding mentor through the writing process as well as a lot of other amazing professional uh, pros, so to speak, in the publishing world. I definitely have a lot of great connections with other types of editors, um, marketing agents, maybe even literary agents. This is a long-term program and a long-term investment of your time as much as, you know, there is a little bit of a fee up front. But you know what? Like, if you're serious about your work, you're serious about your career as an author... This is a great resource, especially if you want to grow your storytelling skills. Uh, So check that out. I'll leave the link in the description box. Today, speaking of that business side, today is exactly that. We're going to talk about the different types of publishing. It really comes down to two. I wanted to talk about this pretty much right away because it is a continual question I see coming up in groups, on forums, on Instagram. Traditional publishing versus self-publishing, which is better? That is kind of a tricky question. And I would almost hazard to say it is in itself a trick question. And here's why. Traditional publishing and self-publishing are both very, very similar to traditional employment versus self-employment on so many levels. And whenever I've thrown this idea out there in, again, in forums and groups, you know, in response to these questions being asked, there's a lot of other people who are like, oh my gosh, no, you're absolutely right. When you line up the two sort of industrial concepts together, there's a lot of parallels happening there. So let's talk about that. Let's start with traditional publishing. I think that is so important to start with that because that's typically it's called traditional for a reason. You know, that's typically what authors do. You write your book, you query your literary agent. Some do query directly to a publishing house. It is typically advised to get a literary agent because they champion for you. And a publishing house is already going to have a fantastic relationship with the literary agent. Typically. That's typically how it works. So it's kind of like having, I don't want to say a lawyer, but you know, like that term advocate, you know, you're having, you're having someone professionally advocate for you and your work. And so that gets you a lot of recognition. But in any case, you query either one or both. And then the publishing house goes, yes, we love this. We see great potential. Let's do this. And then typically what you see as the reader is, woohoo, 
they get taken into the publishing house. It gets edited. It gets published. It gets put out there. Um, there's pre-sales. There's tons of post-sales. There's probably movie rights. Um, there's box editions. All these things. You know, you think of... Um, I always keep going back to Twilight. But you, you just think of basically any popular book series. Hunger Games. Twilight. Um... Um, Shadow and Bone, you know, and even the old classics like Neil Gaiman novels, um, Stephen King novels, all that. You know, you think about everything that comes out of it, all the media that surrounds these stories. That's typically found in, in traditional publishing. Today, that is mainly the primary appeal is just how much can be gleaned from one book into all these different avenues of audience awareness. And that's fantastic. It's just not for everybody. And uh, that, that, that's where I, uh, it, it's, it's not for everybody. And here's, here's what it comes down to. Think of traditional publishing like traditional employment. You apply to work there. I actually noticed in some countries, this is a very literal sense, even for writers. There are some publishing houses around the world where if you are a novelist, you actually do file your employment papers with the publishing house. A little interesting side note. But in any case, you typically don't really see that here in the States. You might. You can absolutely see that happen. It's just not the typical scenario that we that I hear or, or we hear when we talk about it. Anyways. But it's very similar, just like a query letter or query email gets sent to the agent and slash or publishing house, you think of it like your cover letter and resume when you're applying to a job. And then all the power of decision goes into the people that you've given this information to. And they will either accept you or they will reject you, just like a job. The employer will either accept you or reject you. But either way, the decision is left entirely up to the person who holds the paycheck. And that is the other huge factor that goes into making this decision to traditional or self-publish, the payment. There are quite a few authors who are absolutely in love with the idea of being able to just write, send the manuscript in, not have to worry about anything afterwards. Like, you know, they absolutely have say in what the cover looks like, but they're not responsible for paying for the editors. They're not responsible for paying for the cover design. They're not even responsible for the cover design. They're not necessarily responsible for all the marketing. They're not the one writing the contracts for the movie rights. You know what I mean? Like all that's handled by the publishing house. Very much like how um, if you work with a company and let's say you get employed, new job, new company, you file your paperwork and then you just show up and you do your work. You show up, you do your job, and they give you a paycheck. Traditional publishing operates in a very similar fashion. You show up, you write, I mean show up, I mean like mentally you show up, you write, you hand the manuscript, you give them everything they ask of you, and in, in return, they give you a paycheck. Now, in many cases, in typical cases, especially I would say with the big five, um, that would be like Penguin Random House, for example, HarperCollins, another example, Macmillan. I can't list off all five off the top of my head, sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you think of a very popular book, they probably came out with a big five, gonna be honest. Um, typically, there would be an advance, especially if 
the uh, agent slash house took a look at your book and went, whoa, this is phenomenal material. We know for a fact it's going to be big. Um, so an advance is when they give you a paycheck up front. So you gave them your manuscript and said, yes, let's do this. And they pay you, let's just say for ease of math, $50,000. Woohoo! You just made $50,000 and now you get to, in essence, sit back and relax while everything else gets done. You don't have to, you know, shell out upfront cash for editors. You don't have to shell out upfront cash for literally anything else. Everything I just listed. And that's great. And that is exactly what some authors really want. And that's fantastic. Go for it. If that appeals to you and you're like, heck yeah, that's the life I want. Go for it. I mean, I thought about it. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely, it was one of my major, major goals. You'll notice that's past tense. It was one of my major goals. Here's the downside. And let's just look at the income for the first downside. Let's say they give you a $50,000 check up front. That's amazing. You are still kind of responsible for justifying that $50,000. If they pay you that money and then your book doesn't do so well, maybe they thought it was going to be big. Maybe they thought it was going to be the next Hunger Games and it just flopped. You might actually have to pay that $50,000 back. I've heard of that happening. Don't take this as an end all do all this is exactly what happens. It has absolutely happened though. <laughs> um, and that is one big risk that some authors I've personally talked with and worked with, they just do not want to take that risk. Um, another reason why I've heard authors opt for self-publishing is the actual amount of the income. So let's look at that $50,000 again. Let's say on the flip side, that your novel does incredibly well. And you'll like, I don't know if you just saw the new Dune trailer come out. I did. And I about had a, like a hyperventilation attack. I am so excited. I was, um, okay. Total tangent. I was about to like personally fly out to, uh, was it Dennis Villeneuve, the, the director's house and slap him across the face last year when he decided we're not going to debut on HBO because reasons, because I was so stoked. I even had the date on my calendar for Dune to come out. My best friend or one of my best friends, he, he even subscribed to HBO just for me so we could watch it on his huge TV. And then we see the announcement, oh, the director decided he doesn't want to just, you know, put it on the small screen. He wants it big. So he delayed it. I was so mad. Um, <laughs> I was told tangent because I just saw the new trailer yesterday. My same friend sent me the the second Dune trailer, and I'm like, yes, oh my gosh. Uh, but Dune is a, it's a novel. So, and, and it's doing phenomenal. This is like the, gosh, it has to be the third remake movie. There's there's one in the 80s. There is a, like a TV mini series. That's the one I saw when I was a kid. Um, and now there's the new one. So there's been like three different versions. There's even been a Children of Dune with James McAvoy. Um, or is it McAvoy? I'm sorry. I probably completely slaughter his name and I'm Scottish and that's just shameful. <laughs> Sorry, James. Um, anyways, you know, he was that he was in children of doom, which is another, it's the sequel, uh, both in the books and the movies. Anyways, this all actually has to do with self-publishing versus <laughs> traditional. So let's say your book is the next Dune. Okay. Let's say it's, it's hefty. It's massive. 
and oh my gosh or even using game of thrones think of all the merchandise when they came out of it and people just ate it up you did not have to be like team anybody you just agreed dragons are awesome and so is george r r martin and you know and so think about all that money that flows in everything your novel taglines are on t-shirts bumper stickers um there's fan bases all over youtube and tiktok and theories and bars are opening up to host reaction nights or whatnot you'll think of all that amazingness that has come out of books becoming shows books becoming movies just books being wildly massively popular and now let's go back to that fifty thousand dollar check there exists a very strong probability in this scenario that you just got severely underpaid they might they might continue to compensate you that does happen quite often but when you're looking at what you're actually being paid for your incredible novel that's doing phenomenally successful and then you're looking at the numbers of actual sales occurring in everything not just the book but the merchandising the royalties from the movie rights like all that that money's not going to you and that is a major turnoff for a lot of authors. That there, there have been some instances where thousands of dollars, potentially even tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, have never touched the author's bank account because they want traditional publishing and that massive success paid for everybody else. And that is another thing right there. Where is that money going? Well, it's paying everybody else. It's, you still have to pay the editor. You just don't feel it up front. The editors, and, and in traditional publishing, I should do a quick side note here. In traditional publishing, a typical house has about eight editors. So instead of paying for like one developmental editor up front and maybe a line editor and slash or proofreader, your royalties are paying for eight different editors. Four or five of which, had you done it yourself, you may not have even hired I'm just being honest, you know? Um, and then there's some people have that concern, like, oh, if it's going through eight layers of editing, is it even still my book at the end? I, I've honestly never put myself through that situation. Um, I might someday just to see how it goes. But I've had that question too. And I'm an editor. Like, I've had that question too. Like, eight layers of editing, is that still even your book? I don't know. I, I am not the person to ask. But I will be upfront and admit, I've had that pondering of like, is it? Like, would my book still remain? after all that editing. But also then where's my money? Well, it went into those editors, the cover designer, you know, the, the big house, the operations, you think about the renting of the, the rent they probably have to pay for the building in which to house all those work, the electricity that goes into fueling all the computers. I mean, this, this gets really, um, finite, like, like, uh, really detailed because taxes, you think about tax season, if you've ever had to declare your home maybe you did this year for last year declare your home as your new office space and you notice if you had to do this that you you got to deduct your electric usage maybe you got to deduct like a certain square footage of your apartment or house because now you're working from home and that's a work expense same thing happens every single day every single year for publishing houses they have to track all the expenses that go into simply being a publishing house and operating in general your royalties are paying for that. 
you think about all the merchandise that your royalties are paying for the printing of the t-shirts of those bumper stickers um they're paying for the design layers of the toys you think of those popular was like little bobbleheads i had a friend who, or have a friend who um, has like the full like x-files cast and those little like beady-eyed bobbleheads it's so cute but no like those designers have to get paid too and about movie rights who's paying the director who's paying the actors who's paying all you know like all that money does still go to them and so what and then and then you know there's taxes and then you also pay your agent and you also have to pay like everybody again you're probably not feeling this payment as like an outgoing payment from your bank account but you are experiencing the loss in the fact that you're not receiving anything more than what the publishing house decides to give you that is a major turnoff for a lot of people. Um, now, I know he's not an author, but George Lucas is a fantastic example of when it was a smart idea to maintain the rights to everything. Um, he could have absolutely gone the traditional route with Star Wars, okay? And again, not a book, but a very similar situation where he could have outsourced everything and had somebody else take care of it. And the same thing with the rights, um, just, just for ease of operations and all that he refused he kept the rights to star wars in all instances so anytime a pez dispenser was made he got the royalties from that design anytime someone made a halloween costume you know and, and license all he got the money so again not an author but you could say in a weird sort of way george lucas self-published <laughs> <laughs> and he's he is so insanely wealthy because he maintained the rights to all of that by really started he started off pretty low budget i'm just gonna be honest um a lot of people including mark hamill carrie fisher harrison ford you, know, you listen to the interviews they all pretty much thought star wars episode four because that was the first one they thought it was gonna be a b-level movie they're just like okay it's the thing we're doing um we're gonna do our best but uh you know here we go. <laughs> and, and here we are today. So things to consider with traditional publishing. This does actually work for a lot of people. Like I said, there are so many authors and so many wildly successful authors. Stephen King always comes to mind. Neil Gaiman comes to mind. Like there are so many incredible authors out there who are making bank. They're doing fantastic. Dean Koontz, there's one who'd like seems to spit out novels every other week. <laughs> you know, you think of all those, just all those different authors that you know by name. Uh, Nora Roberts is a, a favorite of mine. They're doing fantastic. They enjoy it. They're doing very, very well. And they're comfortable because at the end of it all, it's not even about the money. It's about the books. And that, so I would say, if you're listening to this and thinking traditional publishing is kind of turning you off when it comes to the money sense, definitely ask yourself why you're writing the book. I am not saying that to be like, oh my gosh, if it's all about the money, then don't even write. What I am saying is it's that hesitation is pointing out something for you to consider. Maybe talk to somebody about it. Family, friends, pastor, therapist. I don't know. I'm just like, hey, so I want to make sure that I'm doing this for the right reasons. And I'm going to have a whole other, I have like a whole list of podcast episodes coming up because there's been a lot of really good discussions in the community happening lately. I have a whole other thing about how focusing on the money can absolutely impact a very interesting level, your success. But anyways, 
just think about that. If, if you're listening to all the uh, different aspects of the income and that's really bothering you, it's a good thing to just take a look at why you want to publish. Not even how you want to publish, but why. What is it that you seek to gain out of it? And if money is the number one thing, I, I would honestly here and now challenge maybe it's not that great of a book. I'm just going to be honest. If you're doing this for the money, there is something that robs the quality of your storytelling out of that. So definitely, if you haven't already subscribed, because that's going to be a whole other episode. That's a whole other like half hour long topic we need to discuss and go over. Um, that being said, that's basically traditional publishing in a nutshell. Emphasis on nutshell. If you are a traditional publishing pro and you're listening to this, you're like, you didn't cover any of this. I probably forgot a lot of things. Go be straight up. Please email me or message me on Instagram. I would love to interview you. Seriously, if you're a publishing pro in the traditional sense and you've got something to say and you want to like really help anybody who's listening learn more about that, absolutely. Let's connect. Let's talk and let's share that information with the world. Now let's talk about self-publishing. What happens there? Is it the best choice for you? Now, I want to clarify because the question often gets asked, which is better, traditional or self-publishing? That's not even the best question to ask. What you should be asking is, what is best for me? And what I find it comes down to is a personality. There, it, Just like there's traditional versus self-publishing, just like there's traditional employment versus self-employment, they really boil down to one of two different personality types. You are either an employee or an employer. You are either someone who wants to work with or for a company, or you're somebody who wants to be your own company. You are an entrepreneur. You are a self-starter. I hate that phrase because it gets so overused. Oh, total side note. If you see the word self-starter in a job description, run for the hills. Just trust me on this, okay? <laughs> Maybe I should do a bonus episode that has nothing to do with publishing and everything to do with key words and phrases to like look out for when you're applying to jobs. Um, if you want that, let me know because I absolutely have a whole list of them that could probably help you out. Just, you know, dodge a bullet. Anyways, uh, but yeah, technically, you know, you are either someone who really thrives and desires to work with a large team and, and not have to be so responsible for all the operations. You just want to focus on what you're absolutely best at. Traditional employment is your way. Traditional publishing is absolutely a perfect fit for you. But if you're not, like, let's say, let's say even traditional employment is just not your thing. Like, you're like, I really want to be my own boss. That, that mentality, that personality trait really goes to indicate self-publishing may be your best avenue. Um, and here is why. Self-publishing, just like self-employment, requires a lot of upfront investment on every level. It's not just money. Money is absolutely a big part of it. I mean, and I'm coming as someone who has successfully, very successfully, started my own business with <laughs> no money to my name. Like I scraped together what I could to get this off the ground. And it's been fantastic. Um, but even, even with the very little I had, I still had to invest it. Okay. There were literal days where I just didn't eat because it was either have food or have a business. Um, and that's just, 
the nature of startup for some people. Others are really blessed to have all the capital up front and they can just dive right in. Either way, whatever your situation, just be aware that self-publishing is just like self-employment in that sense. There is a lot of initial investment financially as well as mentally, emotionally, um, your time commitment, anything you could think of that can be applied to the word invest, invest your time, invest your energy, invest your sanity, invest your money. Um, all of that is involved with self-publishing just as much as it's involved with self-employment. There are so many people out there, and this is myself included, this is what we live for. Like, this is our jam. Um, and it kind of comes out of being traditionally employed and find out that's just not who I am. And I want to be honest, like I've been traditionally employed for many, 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 many years, like my entire adulthood, I was traditionally employed. I grew up in an entrepreneurial household, even with people who were traditionally employed, they were still entrepreneurs. Um, and so that was always kind of an internal struggle. And as an adult, I knew from the day I was 18, 19 years old, I wanted to be my own boss. At that time, though, and this is really, oh my gosh, I feel so old. My birthday is tomorrow, and I feel so old saying this. <laughs> back then, back then, we just didn't have as much on the internet. I'm sorry, I have to laugh because I want to cry. Uh, but no, it's true. When I was 9, 18, 19 years old, um, just starting off college, um, there wasn't that much on the internet. Wix.com gave you maybe six layouts and you were stuck with that layout for life. There was no going back. There was no changing. That is your website. That's it. You're done. <laughs> um, I still had to pay per letter on my text. If you're a young one and you're like, you had a what now? Oh yeah. All the text lingo that you know, like TTYL, LOL, MFAO, GTG, all that. That's not us being cool. Those were things invented because we had a paper letter for our text. So if you want to tell somebody, hey, I got to go, I'll talk to you later, you didn't write that out or you're paying like $80 for that one sentence. Um, this was this was the reality when I realized I am absolutely an entrepreneur. So I had nothing at my fingertips, okay? But I always had that internal drive which made me both an amazing employee and a difficult employee. I'm just going to be honest about it. And the reason why is because I always, every time I ever worked with a company, every time I ever worked with a business, big or small, I was always driven to see that institute, that, that entire idea thrive and go places and be the best in whatever realm it was in. And if I'm not the one making the decisions it got very, very stressful. And, you know, being shot down for whatever reason, it's not easy to take when you're the kind of personality that is just, you think of like that term, like, hey, get it, queen, or you're a king or whatnot. You know, you think about like those royal terms, these are people who make decisions and they get the say. So if you have that personality and you're finding that's making it very, very complicated to play nice with others in, in terms of traditional employment, it's a very good guess that you're going to feel the same way about publishing. Utilize that entrepreneurial drive to self-publish. Self-publishing is going to require you to have your own website, 
have your own uh, social media following. Pick a platform and go with it. You do not have to be on all platforms. And I am going to uh, put a really cool resource in the, the description box as well. I use Planoly. I'm not even sponsored by them. I'm not getting paid to say this. I'm just being straight up front and honest. I use Planoly. I focus on my Instagram. But Planoly allows me to post what I post on Instagram to Twitter and Facebook simultaneously. So I look like I'm active, like really active on all three platforms. I'm so not. I'm really not. I mean, I am active on Facebook, just not like directly on my page. Okay. I utilize my page as sort of like a, like, like a landing page. Like if you want to know more about me and maybe you're not on Instagram, here is a great resource to, to see more information and just kind of like what I'm about. Same thing with Twitter. Maybe you're not somebody who uses Instagram or Facebook, but you definitely love Twitter. That's why I have a Twitter account. So, Hey, here's a way that you can just get to know more about me, but I'm not hands-on directly active on all three platforms. I mostly engage on Instagram. Then that's just, you know, full transparency there. Flannelly allows me to three birds, one stone. And as my favorite family guy, as of a couple weeks ago, go quote to goes, you know, the secret to two birds, one stone is a big stone, little birds. And that's exactly what Planoly is for me. It's a really big stone for lots of little birds. Um, anyways, so things like that. So tackle your social media, find what works for you. Like I said, find what works for you. Planoly just works for me because I love the Instagram aspect. Um, make sure you have a website. You also need, you do need to find your team, but you have all the power in the universe to pick your team. You're not delegated or you're not, um, you're not stuck with anybody. You get to vet for yourself who your publishing pros are. So like, let's say that you're like, okay, I know I need a developmental editor. And let's say that you plan on doing this uh, career as an author full-time, long-term. You want to find an editor that you want to work with forever. So let's just take me, for example, let's say you're listening to this. You're like, I should talk to Nikki and see if this would be a good fit. Do it. See if we're a good fit. I'll be honest. We may not be a good fit. Our personalities may not jive and that's totally fine. Or maybe I'll do a sample edit for you and you don't like how I edit your, your work in particular. That's totally fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I want you to be as confident when working with me as I am with you. On that note, I will say the authors I do currently work with, we sync up so incredibly well on so many levels like just even beyond writing uh one of my authors I'm working with right now we have the same color palette and it's not even because we're like it, like we've only just gotten to know each other just a couple weeks ago and it's crazy how many similarities we have this is somebody that my gosh if she's listening yo Christy hit me up I want to work with her forever you know like because we jive um have I talked to authors who our great authors is just not really a personality mesh. Absolutely. Again, I'm not going to be offended if they go a different route and they, they typically do. And that's totally fine. There is an editor out there for everybody. Find yours. Same thing goes with line editing. Same thing goes with um, cover designing. If your editor doesn't offer it, I do. I have a cover designing pro who I trust with my life, like literally, cause he's like one of my besties. Um, and, uh, and he's just incredible. Like, you don't know that his books are self-published when you look just by the cover, you know, like they look like they came out of a big five. It's so incredible. So I do offer that, but maybe you, your editor doesn't make sure your cover designer understands you. Maybe you do want to outsource your marketing or just get some help with that. 
you can absolutely find your own marketing agent. If you need help, I have a couple people that I'm developing really good relationships with. Let me know. I'd be happy to introduce you. Um, but yeah, so you can absolutely form your own team and they get paid usually on the onset. So keep that in mind. Um, but sometimes, and it depends on also what they focus on. Sometimes there's a a percentage of the revenue deal that can be struck. Always check, um, go in expecting upfront payments are required. Okay. Just, just save yourself the headache. Um, don't go in and be like, Hey, can we do, you know, a percentage of the revenue? You're going to get shot down pretty quickly. Almost everybody's going to say no. Um, but if they really believe in you and your work, negotiations are absolutely available. So it's always worth just having those initial appointments and consultations to see, is this worth really, you know, going into that realm only and only if you have a genuinely phenomenal book and the upfront is a bit of a struggle. And in that sense too, you might want to look in traditional publishing, but that's like a whole other category, whatever. Um, back to self-publishing. <laughs> um, the other reason why self-publishing is for many people, but not all, is because you are working constantly. Once you are done writing, because it's a big part of the work, you're still not done working. Once you submit that manuscript to your editor, you're working alongside them. Now, some editors will not contact you while they're editing. Um, I am one who likes to work simultaneously with you just in case things come up. So like right now, one of the novels I'm working on, we have a shared Google Doc. I do the edits. She goes in. I can see what she accepted, rejected. I can see her notes. She can see mine. And it's, it's actually going along really quickly in that way. Not everybody works like that, but I do. Um, but just be aware, even for the editors who don't work like that, um, when they do hand you back the annotated manuscript, that's something that you're going to have to work on it. You're going to have to do all the suggestions and comments. You're, you still have to work. Even while they, are, they have it and you're not working on your manuscript directly, you are absolutely working on your marketing. Do not wait until you publish to market your book. Just don't wait to market your book. Like, like literally, you can even start doing it before you even submit to an editor. I always say, though, if you're looking for like a, an accurate start time, once you have signed that contract with an editor and, you know, and, and you paid your, your initial fee or you paid it all up front, up front's always best, but, you know, whatever that arrangement is, once it's signed, once the initial fee is paid, once your manuscript is over, you can now officially tell the world, I'm publishing because you are, you, you started that process. You have tipped the first domino. It's all colliding from there in, in good ways. Um, if you don't market, if you don't invest the time and the energy, and really if you don't invest the money into even the marketing side, you, you don't have to. But be aware that you're probably not going to reap as much out of it in the end as you would if you approached it like a full-time job. Really, I mean, I'm being perfectly honest. Full-time effort gets full-time income. Part-time effort gets part-time income. No effort gets no income. And that's that's seriously how it works. In the career world, it, that's how it works in publishing. Um, really in both realms, but most especially in self-publishing. There are some people where this is a major turn on. This is what they live for. This is what, this is their jam. This is absolutely everything that they've ever wanted in life. And that is amazing. Self-publishing is absolutely for them. For others, this is a major turn off. 
for many authors out there, they don't want to do that work. They just want to write the book, give it to somebody, and have a paycheck later. That's totally fine. Go go traditional publishing. There's no right or wrong answer. The best answer is you know, look at what your work personality is. It's not even like an ethic thing. And you know, when people are like, look at your work ethic. No, it's not even that. You can have great work ethic and just not want to be an entrepreneur. That's totally fine. Um, look at your work personality. Are you the kind of person who wants complete ownership over your projects? If yes, you're a self-publishing pro. You're like that, that is your job. Are you somebody who really wants to just have somebody else take care of the nitty gritty? Yes. Then traditional publishing. Absolutely. Um, is the royalties income a major concern for you? If so, again, I want to go back into the make sure you're publishing for right reasons um, track of thinking. But even then, let's say, no, you genuinely have a great story. It means so much to you to have it out there so you can make an impact in the world with your, your words. But you're still concerned about the income. Oh my gosh, that's so fair. Um, that is where you're going to want to crunch numbers. But I would still hazard a guess to say the self, um, self-employed, self-publishing um, would be the long run best benefit for you. Uh, there is a lot of math to be done in this. So what I have created for you and for anybody else and everybody else, and do feel free to share this episode with anybody that you think might really benefit from this, this breakdown of both. Um, I have created a workbook, a little, little brief little, I think it's like maybe eight pages, eight to 12 page workbook to help you really get a sense for what self-publishing entails. Um, and it's completely free to you. It's absolutely free to you. You can use this workbook and use it as a way to determine, hey, I don't want to self-publish. Great. <laughs> That's exactly why I designed it. It's to help you see, okay, what does go into self-publishing? And maybe you use it and you decide, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with any of this. Well, now you have the answer that traditional publishing is absolutely for you. The workbook did you a big favor, and then that's awesome. Um, maybe you utilize the workbook and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I want to do this, and this is going to help me plan out everything. I even threw in some calendar pages. So if you do decide self-publishing is your way to go, there's about four to five calendar pages in there because that's typically typically what you see in terms of your uh, time frame from submitting to your signed on editor to hitting that publish button on KDP or or wherever it is that you go. Um, Maybe you want to self-publish. This workbook is going to help you really itemize your expenses, keep that calendar on track, and just it's going to, on the onset, help you be aware of all the little things that will probably be involved. Um, There's even a nice overview page of just typical expenses. Um, These are all estimates based on industry standards. Um, so don't take it as gospel truth, but it is extremely accurate to all the averages I see thrown out. We, I'll be honest, publishing pros, both traditional and self-publishing, we're constantly talking to each other. We're constantly comparing rates. We always want to know what the, what's the data going on in both worlds. So all the numbers that you'll see in this workbook, um, are very accurate as averages, but always feel free to consult with whoever you're looking at working with in particular. They may have different numbers. They may have different arrangements. I always tell everybody, I personally would much rather prefer you pay everything up front when you do work with me. I mean, who wouldn't? 
<laughs> wouldn't you want to be paid up front for all your books? You know what I mean? At the same time, though, I'm completely aware that that's not always in someone's capability. And so payment plans are absolutely an option I offer. It's no problem at all. Um, so have those discussions. Use the workbook. Like I said, either way. And then let me know either on Instagram, you can message me on Facebook, you can absolutely email me, I'll put my contact information in the um, description box as well. But yeah, feel free to message me if you have any questions. And let me know. So like I said, if you work with me, if you don't work with me, my primary goal, my primary directive here, in so much as of what I do, is to help you. I want you to succeed as an author. If it's a full-time career, if it's not a full-time career, who cares? <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. But I'm saying like my directive, like my, what drives me and gets me up every morning is I really want to be here for you as a resource, as a mentor, as a friend. So you can feel accomplished and successful, even if it's the only book you ever publish. Or, you know, help you if you really want to make this into a career. So let me know. And, and I really hope that this, particular podcast helps you get a better idea of what to expect in either worlds so you can make a more informed decision moving forward on what really probably fits you the absolute best. You've been listening to The Writer's Workshop. If you want to learn more about developing your craft, or you're ready for an editor to take a look at your manuscript, head on over to NikkiAuberkit.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram as well for more tips, tricks, and inspiration. And as always, keep on writing.